The views and opinions expressed on the Middle Class VO podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. Any feelings hurt therein are an unfortunate byproduct of the quest for infotainment. Also, please be reminded that concerted efforts have been made so as not to put anyone's knickers in a twist. Having one's knickers in a twist is not an objective or goal. However, if your knickers are in a twist and it persists for more than four hours, please seek out a physician. Moreover, if anyone were to feel besmirched by any of the commentary on the Middle Class VO podcast, it would be purely coincidental. No besmirchment is intended. Please enjoy. Ask Kevin and Bobby. So, Bobby. Last week's podcast of the Middle Class VO podcast was such a huge hit. Woo! Yay! I know. People have sent us more questions. So we're going to do <laughs> Ask Kevin and Bobby Part 2 on the Middle Class VO podcast. That's a good thing I have a big family. <laughs> if you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, sling and local cars, read an IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO podcast. The Middle Class VO podcast. The Middle Class VO podcast. Oh, we are doing it. Living that middle-class VO lifestyle. Kevin Kilpatrick in Nashville. Bobby Maxwell is in Cincinnati. And Bobby, it was, it was such a fun podcast to do last week. Uh, ask Kevin and Bobby. Uh, Bobby and I get asked questions all the time. And we thought we'd answer some of those questions on the podcast. And uh, we had a bunch more come in. So uh, we thought we'd do that again this week. Right, Bobby? Absolutely. I mean, we could we could go on forever with this. We could like make a, a monthly thing. <laughs> And who knows, it could happen that way. Maybe it'll become a, a regular installment. But, uh, Bobby, I'm going to let you get started today. What What is one of the hot-burning questions that you've been asked recently? Well, it came like this. Bobby, question for you. How long average should I spend on an audition? Especially people in pay-to-play, you know, because you get so many auditions flooding your email. Um, I, I spend... On the ones that are I really, really, really want, like the big jobs, at least an hour. Um, and I'll take a break and I'll come back. So, you know, it, it could take me 20 minutes to do something that's just like, you know, a 30 second or 15 or a 10 or something like that. And if I'm happy with it, I'll jet it off. Um, it only may take me, if it's a tag, you know, a couple of minutes. But if it's if it's a longer project, especially like an explainer or something like that, um, I will spend up to an hour working on that and going over it. And like I said, taking a break, just literally walking out of the studio, coming back in, listening to it again, and you're going to hear it in a whole different way. How about you? I, I think pretty much the same school of thought. There, there are. I've heard so many different approaches too, and there's so many angles from which to attack. Uh, when you're talking about pay to plays, um, there is a speed element um, because you want to be one of the first ones in on the uh, pay to play stuff. You know, they might get 50 auditions in, and and you want you'd like to be in the top 10, 12. True. So you got to consider timing on that. The the flip side of that coin, when I have done casting through the pay to play sites myself, I typically will listen to all of them. Um, because, you know, I'll put, you know, sometimes they allow limits and I'll put like, you know, a number of 50 
you know, and, and listening to 50 auditions is not too much. I, I try to listen as they come in. I'll make little notes on, hey, this is a finalist or whatever. And, and that's how that kind of goes. So don't necessarily be scared off by thinking, oh, I got to get it in really fast. Now, yeah. when Bobby's talking about the, the hour-long auditions, that's something that's going to come from your management or your agent when you have time True. and they say, hey, we'd like this in by 4 p.m. Eastern time. Then take your time with it and really flesh out you know, what the script is saying, how it's speaking to you, and how you can present that in the best light. And and the, the other side of that coin is, too, I have been taught by coaches or told by coaches that sometimes, though, you can overthink it and your second or third take is, is the money take and you should just go with that and get out. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there are many different angles to attack you know, the audition and how long it should take you to do one. So consider those factors and hopefully that will shed a little bit of uh, insight for you. Can I jump in real quick and add one more thing to that? I have learned to just start rolling immediately, Mm -hmm. even through my practice run, because sometimes I will, I will have that best take on the first, you know, right off the bat. So just let that baby roll and and good luck. Exactly. 100% <laughs> agree with that. I start rolling right away. Like as soon as I get the script, I'll just dive in the booth with a script and start practicing with it. And like you said, I'm just kind of rolling as I'm running through the script and running it down. And then you sometimes mm-hmm. go back and go, wow, like my first or second take was really most natural, most convincing and all that stuff. So uh, yeah. bear that in mind too. Give it a ba-ba-ba. What do you got, bud? Segwaying from uh, auditioning and auditioning for pay-to-plays, I got asked this question. Of all the pay-to-play sites, which one do you recommend? Now, Hmm. I know. (laughs) I've got experience with uh, VDC, with Voices 123, and VO Planet. That's my experience. I'm only on VO Planet now. That's that's the one I'm on right now. Um, Voices.com, you know, you, you got to go with what, you know, is right for you on that because they do some unscrupulous stuff that a lot of us in the industry feel, a lot of us in the industry feel is unscrupulous. Uh, they're tactics. With that said, you can book work. You can book work with them. Uh, the same for Voices, uh, Voice One Two Three. Um, their practice is a little more transparent. There's not as many fees being taken away from voice talents on that site, uh, and you can also book work. But you know, some people say that they're a cluster as well. Uh, Vo Planet, I really respect Kevin West and his uh, business model, and that's why that's the only one that I'm on right now. And then the rest of my auditions are coming through my management. It's just, you got to make those decisions, you know, um, what's right for you. What do you think, Bobby? Well, there's some new ones that are popping up um, just actually in the past couple weeks that people might not be aware of. One that has been around that you didn't mention was um, Badalgo, though. Um, And a lot of that is European jobs or um, elsewhere in the world because they're based in, where is... uh, Arm in Germany, I believe. 
Yeah. And um, um, he is launching a new one called Voices.net. Now, they're going to be very, very selective. It's going to be kind of like the top tier people out there. And and even though he still runs Bidalgo, he's going to kind of take it in a different direction than Bidalgo. So, um, if you know, if you've been around for a while and you think you've got what it takes, uh, I will I will say that I noticed um, on his um, on his casting about the site that um, he said, if you're with VDC, you, he will not accept you. Mm. Which I thought was interesting. And, and that's yeah, what um, a lot of people think about VDC. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. The other one is um, Liz Atherton, who used to run the uh, tag, is now uh, about to launch Cast Voices. And I believe it's up. I don't um, know that she is. Um, that you can audition yet. I know that you can go check it out and sign up for it. It's cast voices. Um, but she should get going. And, you know, I'm sure there are going to be plenty other. I just saw yesterday on Facebook someone saying um, it's a, a female and male voiceover talent that they started up something this week that's geared towards millennial voices. And I thought that was very interesting, but very smart, because that is definitely what uh, is really high up there when they're looking for voices lately. Yeah, I saw that as well. And I thought, wow, that is a great tactic, you know, uh, targeting specific, uh, specifically the millennial voice. So it just depends on your approach, where you are in your career, what, you know, what your goals are, you know, what pay to play site is right for you. Uh, Many different answers. And for some people, zero pay to play sites. There are people that are, uh, you know, making their living, making good livings uh, just by hustling and marketing on their own. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them out there. Well, I've got a very simple one. It'll it'll require just a quick answer that I got in. Somebody said um, demos when you're sending them out, links or attachments. And I've seen both ways on that. And I usually send both. Um, Although they say attachments have a better tendency to go to spam or people or, you know, the uh, the producers or the directors or whoever's taking a listen to your stuff might not feel comfortable opening up an attachment. So links would be the best. What do you think about that, Kevin? Um, I, I agree with you there. I think if it's cold calling, I think you should just put your link up there. If it's somebody you have an established relationship with or you've had some sort of correspondence with, send both. Um, the people that I've corresponded with and, you know, are curious about hearing me, you know, I'll send both. I'll send uh, the demo and a link to everything else. You know, I, I, I've sent, recently I sent uh, my documentary stuff to a producer and said, here's my doc uh, narration demo attached. And I said, here, and you know, and the link below has all my work. So I, I think that okay. kind of be the answer to that. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting point talking about attachments and how those are subject to going to spam. I, I haven't thought about that a lot. So I too am learning. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I had a friend of mine call me and uh, had a little bit of a moral dilemma with the voiceover and asked me about a particular voiceover, whether or not she should do it. Um, this particular person is a vegetarian, and she got a voiceover audition uh, for a fur company. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. 
and did not know whether or not she should accept it. Oh, and, ex- and she got the gig. She's like, oh, I'll just throw the audition in there and then didn't know whether or not to accept the gig. And I, I had an audition for a political a few weeks ago and uh, a very prominent figure, the biggest prominent figure you could think of politically. And I was <laughs> I, I did the audition. I didn't get the gig. But I did the audition with uh, conflicting thoughts. And then I, th- I, yeah. re- I resolved with myself, Kev, if you get this gig, you're going to take a big chunk of the money that you got from this gig and donate to one of your favorite causes. That's how I justified really? it. That's how I justified it. And that's what I told my friend that, that asked me about that. She's like, what do I do? I said, take the gig. Take the money that you earn from this fur company spot that you're going to do and donate it to your favorite animal charity or however you want to do it. And I thought that was, a, you know, the, the moral dilemma VOs. There is a way around that. And that's just something that I came up with. That is so interesting that you you brought that or your, you know, your acquaintance brought that up, because when I was in radio um, here in my local station, one of the biggest clients of the station was a fur company, a, a store, and um, they brought the copy to me, and I said, I'm sorry, I don't feel comfortable doing this. And they said, well, you have to. It's your job. And I said, no, I don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there, there are, there's another female voice here in the building that can do just as good a job, as, and, I, and I refused to, and they didn't come back to me. I mean, would that client really want me on there if I had such a bad feeling about it anyway. So I think that's what they looked at it overall. But, you know, you're you're right with the political thing. But then in politics, and we talked about this before, in political voiceover, I consider myself an actor. So I'm just, I have two conflicting feelings on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the fence. Yeah. If, if you're on the fence, you know, think about what, what I propose and, and think about, hey, take the gig and then take a portion or all of your VO money that you earned and give it to charity. Give it to the opposing charity if you want to, or just give it to the charity of your choice, uh, something that means something to you. So that's how you might overcome a uh, moral dilemma when it comes to accepting a voiceover gig or not. Ask Kevin and Bobby. Awesome. I'm going to switch the questions over to technical now or equipment. What microphone do I use? What should my settings be at? (laughs) Not quite, but close. Um, Actually, just came up because a a Facebook ad popped up um, earlier this week, and I was actually with another voiceover person. And it's a new, I don't know if it's new, but it's it's in, I think it originates in Stockholm or something, but you can buy it through Sweetwater here. It's a stand-up um, porta booth, but you literally put your head in from the bottom. Have you seen that? It's <laughs> no. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have not seen this. <laughs> and, and one person said that on, on this ad that it took them a little while to get over the claustrophobia because it's literally like you're putting your head up into a pod, you know, and you're surrounded. Um, but then I had a couple of people that that I read that said that they love it and they use it daily. It was called like Vox iOS or something like that. But Sweetwater has it. Um, and other people around the country. But uh, the question that this person I was with said, um, 
how do you feel about the uh, porta booths and the chaotica eyeballs? Are they effective? Um, and chaotica eyeball, I know there's a lot of them out there. They're they're giving away at conferences all the time. Honestly, I think they muffle. I don't think that they they really. I think you can tell you're using one when you send in your audition. So just be careful. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, I was given a Chaotica eyeball to try out um, and just to get my opinion on it. And I kind of agree with you, Bobby. I, I It does something to the VO. It does something and it, it colors it somehow. It, maybe it is muffled. It, 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 maybe the there's some high end taken away or, or, or mm-hmm. something, you know, I, I, I don't think it's better than taking a storage tote and filling that with some laundry and then voicing with your, you know, your VO and right close to that and almost inside that. I don't think it's any right. better than that. Um, I, you know, I've got or one the of, pillow fort, in, the pillow fort in, in a hotel room is very effective. Exactly. Exactly. And I've, I've got actually one of those reflection things. It's. Oh, man, the thing weighs about 20 pounds, I think, but it's the big metal thing, uh, and it's kind of curved, and then on the front side, it's got some foam. Um, I've used that also, and it's a similar kind of a deal for traveling, but it's still not better than the pillow fort that you might create. So, Mm -hmm. you know, those are kind of gadgety things, and, and, you know, you can save your bucks and just, you know, get creative with pillows. And it, I guarantee you nowadays, if you Google pillow fort voiceover, you're going to see some <laughs> yeah. people getting really creative and, and you know, the oh, ability yeah. to create some really, you know, sonically sound recording environments. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, a lot of people use their closets, too, and they just use the acoustic foam or whatever else they can come up with. Um, but you know, you mentioned it at the top of the question, what kind of mic should I use? I've I've read over and over and over again from the tech pros out there that your room sound is so much more important than the microphone that you're using. So fix your space first before you decide to, you know, spend a thousand dollars on a, a four sixteen because you've heard that the, that's the best mic for getting rid of the extraneous noise around you. <laughs> so fix your space and there's so many YouTube videos on that out there that you can check out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've got kind of a saying like for that, Bobby, is you don't want to put on your icing before you get your cake made. And you're getting your cake made <laughs> is getting your room bright. And then the icing right. is your shiny new microphone. So, yeah, like Bobby says, get that room right first and then worry about getting your you know fancy microphone. Because then once you got your room right... You can budget three, four hundred bucks and get a great microphone and have a great yeah, sounding exactly. setup. So, um, so that kind of covers that question, um, Bobby. I also was asked, and this is automotive specific. So, if you do automotive VO, um, I had a friend ask, you know, Kevin, oh my gosh, I just got a call from a client that uh, wants me to be on an X market, but I'm already on an X market. And I pulled up the map and I said, let's see how far they are away. And to me, in automotive VO, if you don't know, you cannot be on in the same market uh, with another dealer, with two dealers. You can be on in um, Jersey City, New Jersey for a dealer, but you can't be on in Jersey City for another dealer. Um, okay. You, you just got to respect you know, the clients, you know, you can only be on for one dealer 
per market. And so my rule, and this was uh, handed down to me some, by some VO legends, automotive VO legends, that said, you know, Kev, give it 60 miles. 60 miles is a good radius not to cross over. And, um, you know, the other thing is, is how much time. So let's say you're on in Melbourne, Florida. And you, you run in Melbourne for about four or five months straight, then all of a sudden crickets. You don't hear from that account again. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Uh, about 45 to 60 days later, you hear from another dealer or an agency that wants you on in that market. I was always told in the past, wait 90 days to clear yourself um, from the original VO. Because these automotive VOs are typically going to run less than a month, you know, usually just a couple of weeks. And, you know, it's just a professional courtesy. It's not anything legal or illegal, but it just shows that you have some business acumen and that you respect the industry and respect what these guys are doing also. So, um, you know, to double up in a market, the same market after you've been on, I mean, I would give it 90 days. It was kind of a two-part question. And so that's my thoughts on that. That's good advice. Um, I did something a little over a year ago after being at uh, VO Atlanta. Um, that was suggested, especially those of us in automotive, um, is you buy the big map with the cork board. Mm-hmm. Put your your map. Of the in this case, it's the world because I have a client. Um, I have a couple clients overseas, and you just buy the little push pins and you mark, you mark the place on your map where you're. You know where you're marketing to is one color, where you're on, and um, where you've been on in the past. 30 to 90 days. Yeah. And it's a very colorful map. Yeah. And, and that's just, it's old school easy to keep track of. What else you got, Bobby? Well, this is funny because it just shows you how fast this year has gone. Um, Bobby, everyone around me is starting to get sick. What do you do oh, no. to stay healthy or fight a cold in this business? And it's so true. I, I never leave my booth. <laughs> <So> <laughs> So I've become a hermit, so I'm never getting sick. Actually, I, I have not. Let me find some wood in here. I've not gotten sick in a long, long time, and I really think it's because I do stay home so much. My husband and I have become literally hermits. I mean, I think <laughs> my little thing when I met you and your wife down in Nashville was one of the last times I've been out. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. I, I was going to say, wash your hands and use hand sanitizer. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, do you? Yeah. I do. Um, I'm, no, I'm, seriously. I'm a bit of a, a bit anal retentive when it comes to using the hand sanitizer. After Every time I touch a shopping cart, every time after I pump gas, I mean, I keep it around me at all times. Yeah, yeah. Same here. It's just so many germs, and, and I'm, I'm one that kind of, you know, Chews on my nails sometimes anyway, so Gross. I know that germ is going to get... Sorry! <laughs> At least it's not my toenails. Wow. That's that's a level of flexibility I can't even imagine, Bobby. <laughs> that reminds me so much when I found toenails on the board at one of my radio stations. I thought, what? are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Toenails. And you can tell the difference between toenails and fingernails. Mm. It's like, wow, you had your whole foot up while you were doing your show? That's nasty. (laughs) That is so nasty. But anyway, yeah, wash your hands, take your echinacea, um, and then there's, there's all these 
different. I'm trying to think. Grape grape seed extract is a new one that's supposed to be really good mm-hmm. for keeping your um, your immune system good. Elderberry um, too. Um, I I had a bottle of elderberry at the uh, sink of my bathroom, and I would just take a little swig of that about every day. And uh, I like the taste of elderberry. Some people think it's nasty, but I like it. <laughs> Try some more. The strawberries taste like strawberries. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Snozberries? Who ever heard of a snozberry? You know, I, t- I take garlic tablets, too, and that really keeps people away from you so you're not getting the germs. <laughs> <laughs> so we know I'm you're kidding. not a vampire. Oh my uh, more than you needed to know about me today. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we've covered some uh, important questions, and I think we've uh, gotten some great answers. And s- there's different answers to all these questions, but uh, that's our little bit of insight there, right, Bobby? <laughs> it is. <laughs> we might not want to do this anymore. <laughs> be banned. Well, no, great, great info, Kev. On the next episode, we are going to be talking about radio imaging. Radio imaging is one of the best ways that you can make a good living doing voiceover, and it is uh, so much a big part of the uh, middle-class VO lifestyle, and we're going to be talking about that on the next episode, Bobby. Oh, yeah, and it's fun, too. I can't wait to talk to our, our guests coming up. Make sure to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, uh, Facebook, the YouTube, the Twitter, the, the, the you know, whatever. We're, we're blowing up on social. <laughs> the Twitter. The Facebook. The Facebook. <laughs> like you're 90. My face. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the my face? <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. <laughs> the Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's hair and makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. You know, I, t- I take garlic tablets, too, and that really keeps people away from you so you're not getting the germs. <laughs> so we know I'm you're kidding. not a vampire. <laughs> oh uh, more than you needed to know about me today. <laughs> we are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Dreams.